This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You muted yourself again. Two episodes in a row. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have. I don't know what's going on with this technology. Can you hear me? Yes. Was All I can hear is the uh, the uh, intro. Welcome everyone to the Tahanamak podcast, proudly sponsored by Six Yards <laughs> Out and Old Zoological Bar. This is really difficult. All I can hear is that tiger. Um, not barking, d- roaring in the background. So I really don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um, I can, I can, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Sorry for that, um, dear listeners. We're proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out and Old Zoological Bar, or as I called it just then, Pearson's Bar. But it's changed, and that's very exciting. I'm your host, Nathaniel Witto, being professional as always, and I'm joined <laughs> by Ant and Tom. So um, I hope that wasn't too awful an introduction. I'm sure it was though. Uh, Ant and Tom, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, we're okay, I think. Yeah, I'm probably pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. Good. That that was very scary. I, I couldn't hear what you were saying. All I could hear well, when, was when the you started, wonderful like, intro. You, you did seem really laggy, like your connection went a little bit, yeah. so maybe you were lagged behind and your, your video was still playing. But on it, your it, was, it, was waiting, it was waiting to catch up, I think. Yes, it, it ha- that's happened two weeks in a row. I don't know what's going on there. And I don't really know what went on with the two Hull City games um, this week. Uh, uh, one goal... Um, three conceded. We've had a point at Stoke. So um, generally, how are we feeling about these two games? I was saying before the games that I think two points would be maybe slightly the bare minimum of what I would be happy with, so long as um, it weren't, wasn't too boring, no one all draws. But uh, and how have you felt about the two games that have just happened? Uh, there were two very difficult away games, and I think we went into it, obviously, with confidence because we were playing well. Uh, even at tough places to go, like Sheffield United, for example, we, we didn't pick anything up there, but played well. So I think people, you know, 
on first value, probably would have been happy with two really good performances, even if we didn't get the points. Uh, Stoke, maybe we didn't attack so well, but we defended really well and held on for a really good draw. Whereas Norwich, I just think we we didn't really play well in, in any aspect of our game. And, and all the players and Rosini himself have said that we were well below our usual standards. And, and what I liked to hear was, is that following the Norwich game, they've all been saying the same thing. Like, it's the first time that they've genuinely been able to come out of a game that they've been in and said that we deserve to lose. Which, considering he's been here for 14 games now, is um, is a very good thing if there's only one game where we've actually deserved to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that certainly is a positive. I don't know whether I'd... 100% agree with that because I think I only I wasn't at Stoke I was just listening to it but um, hearing how much Stoke had the ball in that game or um, were attacking more than us maybe we perhaps slightly deserved to lose that one or if we'd lost that wouldn't have been extremely unfair so Tom what do you think about that? Uh, the Stoke game we sort we, we struggled to sort of break them down and I think Stoke from the off knew that um, in order to get the better of us or try to get better of us, they had to press us high. And that's exactly what they did. They sort of stopped us from playing out and they stopped sort of Seri getting on the ball. And obviously, if you stop Seri, you sort of stop us, really, because that's he, most of what we do well is through Seri. But um, saying, going on from your point, I think it was probably the accurate result, but we had the best chance of the game through Connolly. Um, you know, that, that obviously, the ball comes across the box, he hits it with his left, and people are saying it should be scoring, but... I think it's quite harsh to, I mean, it should be in the target at the very least, but, um, you know, when that's your only clear-cut chance of the game, that's, you know, we need to be creating more than that. And against Stoke, we sort of struggled, but, you know, it was always going to sort of get these stumbling blocks eventually. And, you know, now now it's just how we react to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what Rossini has been saying a lot. And and Pelkas in the interview before the Preston game, it's just about how we we bounce back because... I think, would we all agree the Norwich game was the worst performance of the Rossini era so far? I would. I think, yeah. Even 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 as the, the game started, you could see the, the pattern of play and, and the tactics that, that Norwich used. And I think Stoke did it similar, just obviously not as well. Um, teams are wising up now to set up against us. Um, they know that we're going to try and play out from the back and try and play a possession-based style. So if they press as high as they possibly can up the pitch and limit us, limit our passing options, then we struggle to get out of our half. And at Stoke, we, we, we kind of, it was it was fairly even possession-wise, but we just struggled to break them down. Whereas at Norwich, we were just pinned on the edge of our box for the entire 90 minutes. And it was it was, it was quite a frustrating game to watch because we could just couldn't seem to get a fold in the game. The passes were sloppy. Uh, we just didn't seem to have um, um, any way to counter what they were doing. And I mean, sometimes, I mean, we all know how good Norwich are as a side. Um, you know, they, they were pre-season pr- promotion favourites. So, you know, they've, they've had quite a poor season by their own standards. But mm-hmm. if they're going to play to the best of their capabilities like they did against us and we have a bad day, then, you know, there's only going to be one winner. Mm-hmm. And we, we we needed to try and hold on to, to that 1-0 lead that we got quite early, which was against the run of play. Um, probably about our only chance of the game as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we just they just had too much for us, didn't they? Sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say we deserve to lose that one. And I think we did against Norwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the other two games we've lost, Sheffield United, although they had a lot of chances, um, we were in that game, uh, it was only 1-0, I think we controlled it, uh, parts of that game as well, I and mean, then Reading was a draw right up until the last kick of the game, so um, I think, yeah, probably the worst result, but as you said, Norwich are a very good team, um, the way they were playing, uh, it seemed like Wagner um, 
had got the best out of the uh, yeah, out of the team. Of course, he's still a fairly new manager there, and had lost their, his first home game against Burnley. But I suppose this was the first time he had that home match with his new team against someone that you know you can beat because Burnley just seem sort of invincible at the moment. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about um, Matt Ingram that he deserves to be dropped. Uh, I've seen a lot of reaction about that, and uh, even after the Stoke game because of his distribution. You can't drop a, a goalkeeper after a clean sheet, can you, Tom? No, you can't. I, I think, it, the, like we said before, it's going to take a, a while for Dallas to sort of get into the team. Um, I'm not sure if he'll get into the team on the back of this Norwich result. I think it'd be quite harsh. Mm-hmm. But um, if we want to play out from the back, um, Ingram's, let's be honest, Ingram's not that keeper that we need um, in terms of he has improved with the ball at his feet. But if you wanted someone that's comfortable, I think that's the reason why we signed Dallas. So I think. Um, perhaps he, he could be coming into the team sooner rather than later just sort of give you know it depends on what the upcoming results are but maybe Ingram's had a long run into the into the team maybe you know let him have a, a, a rest and bring in Dala perhaps but yeah mm-hmm. I think it's ludicrous saying after a nil-nil draw saying drop the key but I think it, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous mm-hmm. but yeah yeah I was quite surprised to see just how many people were we're tweeting that after the game, and I think especially after conceding three against Norwich, but I think it would definitely be harsh. Of course, we say that Dallas been brought in to play out from the back, and assumedly uh, Rossini wouldn't have signed him if that's not a skill he's got. But, I mean, I've not seen Darlow play for ages, um, and I suppose it's not just that you bring in a goalkeeper who's better with his feet and that'll work immediately, because Ingram's clearly learnt a lot from these previous games, Darlow will have to go through that same learning process of knowing when to pass to uh, you know the players and and when to go long. So, and do you think it, it wouldn't just be an easy fix, would it, if Darlow came in? No, um, but I think we've mentioned it before. I do think that Darlow's come here to be number one. Um, that I do think that Rosinia will have been waiting for a game to justify bringing um, Darlow in. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him start in the next game. Not to say that Ingram deserves to be dropped, because I don't think he could have done much about either of the goals. Uh, any of the goals, because he scored three, obviously. But it's, it, I just think that Ingram's... I mean, the entire team were, were awful passing-wise. But Ingram, in that game, you know, in, in moments of the game where we were under pressure, was kicking it off the pitch. His distribution was really poor. And I think Rosini will use that as the excuse to get Dalo in the side. And that's not to say that I think Dalo is any better at distribution because I haven't seen, like you say, I ain't seen him play since he was in the championship with Newcastle. And I don't think they played out from the back. Of the, you know, he hit it long. So you can't really just, you, I can't say that he's better at certain things in England because realistically, we don't actually know, do we? We're, we're, we're going off, you know, his reputation. We're assuming he's better, but we don't actually know that, do we? We, we know what Ingram's capable of and, and how good he can be. Um, and I just think the entire team had a bad day in Norwich, so it would be harsh to drop him. But I just do think that Rosini will use that game as the excuse to get Darlow in against Preston. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the only issue I have with him, Ingram being dropped, is that he's got the Barilga in the stand with McLaughlin and Jones at the back in his defence. Um, you know, and the, but obviously built up that great partnership, kept all them clean sheets in a row. But like you say, like the reason we're bringing in a Premier League goalkeeper on loan, it's, it would be surprised to not see him feature heavily for the rest of the season. Um, and I think Ingram probably knows that himself that he sees that you know that's the competition that he's up against. But it all depends on what what Rosinia thinks after that game. If he, if he thinks it warrants him being dropped, then then that's fair play. But you know I don't think it. I think Ingram could still hold his head high. I think he's he's had a great season so far. I'd say he's been one of our best performers. You know especially at the start of the season. 
kept in kept in a lot of games with some great saves. So I think you know he's you know he's, he's still a good keeper, but um you know we'll we'll have to see what happens moving forward. But yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. It's, cer- it's certainly not. It's certainly not fair to to be criticising him, saying he's single-handedly responsible for us losing three-one at Norwich. I think those the tweets of the people that say he's absolutely awful. I think that's wrong because mm. he, he just had three clean sheets in a row before that game, uh, and then we came up against a side that just outdid us tactically and quality-wise. So it's nothing that that Ingram did wrong per se. But like you say, if Rosini has a, an ideal way of playing, and Ingram more often than not struggles to. To, to, especially the longer passes, I think the shorter passes he hasn't really got an issue. You see, it's your longer passes when we've when we've been pressed high and we need to then dink the ball over their front line into the wide men, and it tends to always go off the pitch. Uh, and, and it's moments like them where it can be the difference. You know, you're keeping possession or you're losing possession instantly. And I just think that if he's looking at it against the Norwich game, I bet his pass accuracy was about 50 60 percent, um, which is probably really poor. Uh, he'll probably bring Dallow in, but it, it would be harsh. But then again, like we say, it's, it's, he's brought Dallow in for a reason. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, if it, he's not going to have a better excuse to bring him in now, is he? No, quite right. Uh, Lee Walker's asking about a few fans saying Slater should be dropped. And, and Enship here says that Slater needs to move inside as he's uh, being wasted on the wing. So what do we think about Regan Slater? Because I don't think, again, another player I don't really think should be dropped. But I think we... We're probably not seeing the best of him as a wide player. Yeah, um, with with the system we played against Norwich, I, I felt that it sort of sort of made him stand out as a player that wasn't played too. I think it's not his position first and foremost, but I think with the system was playing four four two with Severian Woods in midfield, they had a midfield three, you know, especially like Kenny McLean winning the ball back. I think they're just sort of outpowered us in there. I think he can't really play again, especially against a side like Norwich. You can't play Severian Woods together. They're they're probably better against a side that are going to sort of sit back a bit more. Um, you know, sort of lower down the table. But um, in terms of Slater, I think he, he's, he's much better as sort of the sort of deep line player. I think, you know, we've seen him across the season uh, play him in behind the striker and, he, you know, especially against Cardiff where he got them two goals, sort of running late into the box. Um, but I think his natural position is that sort of holding midfielder, sort of probably necessary. But we've got a lot of competition in there and we've also now got a lot of competition in behind the striker. So I think it's, it's hard to see where he's going to slot in. But, I think there's no question Regan Slater's hard work and um you know in, in the Norwich game itself he was making quite a lot of runs in behind and sort of trying to sort of make things happen but um on a whole I don't think his position's winger. He played there obviously against Blackpool, did well, but but now we've brought in the likes of Ebi away, you know, Aliar's coming back, we've got Teddy as well. I think, you know, he needs to move it sort of move more centrally now and that's where he sort of operates, you know, that's his best position. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Of course, he's not scored since um, the two at Cardiff, and that was quite a long time ago, uh, just before the World Cup, of course. Um, and I'd say he probably came in as a midfielder that um, was probably going to play in the middle, but then Smallwood got injured in the, the League One season and then he played there. Perhaps he's a player that has sort of suffered, in a way, uh, finding his best form because um, of that adaptability, he can play anywhere, so he's not really learnt sort of young player, he's not really had a chance to really learn one set position in the midfield. Would you agree with that, Ant? Well, it's hard to find consistency when you're not playing in the same place all the time. Um, he's he's wasted out wide. The one thing you're going to get when you when you put him on the pitch, like Tom said, you're going to get hard work from him and he's, he's going to run his socks off for the for the entire game. And 
it's you know we all know how good he is how good he can be how much of a goal threat he can be how comfortable in possession he can be but we miss the natural width at the minute I think that's the biggest thing that this side misses is we don't tend to have much about us in the wide areas and and what we've done well in in the past few games under Rosie has usually come from out wide you know your fullbacks think of Christie think of Greaves getting in getting assists getting goals um, and then you need them wingers in front of them to, to give that support and, and, and as good as Slater is and as dependable he's not a winger and we're playing him you know he's a square peg in a round all situation he's the kind of thing that Steve Bruce used to do when he used to play Myler and wing and things like that mm. the, these players are far more Sam Clucas yeah, Sam Clucas is a left winger um, and it's just it, 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 you've got to play him in the middle and like Tom says the problem is we've got so much competition in the middle and it's then where does he play in the middle what's his role going to be to me he would be alongside Seri doing the dog work. You've got Doherty doing that. So <clears throat> you've got Slater and Doherty vying for the same position for me. You've got Seri and Woods vying for the same position. You've got Tufan and possibly Slater for the number 10. You've got Pelkas for the number 10. Pelkas can play out wide. The problem is there's a lot of versatility in the team. Um, it's I think for me, it's would you rather have Slater in the team or Doherty? I think that's that's mm. the, that'll be the, the the position that he'll be intended to be brought in, and where he's best is obviously doing that box to box role alongside Seri. Uh, but Doc's been playing well there, so you know, like yeah. we said, where does he get in? That's that's one thing as well. Like the way we set up against Norwich, I felt I knew why Rossini did it is because we've had success recently with a four four two, sort of having two forwards, one dropping off, one in behind, and I think with a four four two, we know that like it's one of the best formations to defend in as a compact sort of the two banks of four with the two strikers, but it didn't work out like that because they were just able to sort of uh, penetrate through our midfield so easy and then get out wide and their wingers had the pace to sort of beat our full-backs. Like, Christie struggled um, and, you know, we just sort of struggled to get a foothold in the game. But I think that's the reason why we play 4-4-2. But ideally, I think if we still sort of replay that game again, we'd, we'd sort of play with an extra midfielder, like a Doherty that sort of can pick the ball up and carry it along. That's where we sort of struggled as well, like, when we did get the ball, we didn't have the pace to sort of break forward. You know, like mm-hmm. the, uh, every away can sort of sort of uh, bring to the team and, you know, sort of um, Ali Arkan as well when he's fit. Um, but that, that's where we're sort of, if you play that sort of formation, you do need that pace up front. And, you know, when you've got Oscar up front, it's, it's not really, you know, s- someone that you can rely on for pace. Uh, that's why mm. we struggled a lot, I think, to get him behind. Yeah. Well, I think, of course, Rossini has mentioned a lot that he really wants those pacer wingers. Um, Ebu- uh, now, I always get, get this pronunciation wrong, but I think the pronunciation is Ebuwe rather than Ebuwe or anything like that. Ebuwe. Um, he made his debut against Stoke and uh, then uh, came on again against Norwich City um, with the fact that we didn't play very well against Norwich um, and didn't even score at Stoke. I imagine that he could be in line for a start. As Rosinha, he was saying he was his uh, number one attacking target. So, I mean, Cornelly is injured. Um, he got injured against um, Stoke. Uh, Will is uh, shouting letters in the comments. Just call him Malcolm. Uh, so, I mean, do we think that Malcolm could come in? And uh, how big a loss is Connolly? I don't think he'll be out for very long. Um, perhaps just a Preston game. But uh, I suppose bringing in a new player, maybe Dala or Ebuwe, um, for Preston could give the team that that boost to get back to winning ways, if they, as they've said. I'll, I'll go to you first, Tom. Um, I think with Malcolm, um, I, I do think that he's. We've not obviously seen enough of him yet to sort of sort of make that sort of uh, judgment on him. Um, mm-hmm. He's coming to a team two hard games, Stoke, where we didn't sort of particularly play that well. 
Um, we didn't get the ball to him enough. Like he came on too late, didn't have enough time. And then obviously against Norwich, he came on quite late as well. And when you sort of chucks into that game like that, we don't have much of the ball. That's it. But I think he's going to thrive off sort of receiving the ball, taking on his man. And um, yeah, I, I would like to see him start. I think that we've been crying out for an out and out, and out winger for a while. And I think if we start him on the right, it would benefit Christie as well because mm-hmm. we see Christie sort of taking up him spaces high up the field. And say if uh, Malcolm's cutting inside, and then you know Christie's moving on the outside, I think it'll give us a lot more options. I think it, you know, that's Christie's been in past few games in terms of attacking wise. Christie's probably been our most dangerous player, and he's our fullback. But if we get Malcolm in there as well, it, you know, sort of create that space out wide for Christie, um, you know, then I think you know it's quite exciting. But it depends what sort of formation we play as well, because you know, like I say, recently we've been playing sort of a four-four-two really with the two forwards, one dropping deeper. So if we sort of still played out with it, Malcolm, you know, I'll be interested to see how we sort of uh, work it with him in there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ant? <clears throat> yeah, I think he's come into a bit of unfair criticism, um, Debbie O'Way, because it's, it's it, like, like Tom said, it was two games where we're on the back foot and he's come on as a late sub where we're, we're defending. So he's not going to make much um, difference in the game because we we didn't have the ball um, and he's obviously not a defender he's a young attacker exciting wants to run the defender kind of player and um, he's coming back from an injury into a new side so he's he's got to settle he's got to get his match sharpness back and it was two tough games so we've been a bit harsh on him I think some some of us online I would like to see him start I think a Preston will be a game where we'll be on the front foot um, it, it'd be good to see if he can. Obviously, in, in it where we've got more, we've got more of the ball, and we're looking to attack more. See if he can obviously change the game in a positive manner for us. Um, I think the thing is with that, what this insistence on inverted wingers, I'm crying out for us to play natural-footed wingers on each side because I, I, I think we're missing. We've got Oscar and Tete. Well, but Tete is huge, and Oscar's good in the air. Why aren't we putting the ball in the box? We struggled to do it against Norwich because Christie and Greaves, we didn't get much natural width with Greaves. I think we missed Elder to a bit. Uh, Greaves struggled to get up and down the line, obviously, pace-wise. Didn't get much protection from Slater. And then we struggled to get anything from the left. And then on the right-hand side, Christie was nullified all game and had a really poor game. So we didn't get any of that natural width. And then we we insist on playing inverted wingers. And then we get the ball up to a dangerous position and we cut inside and lose it. Whereas, you know, if, if you have Longman on the right, for example, and, and Ebby away on the left, you've got your natural wingers that want to run at a defender, get to the byline and stick the ball in. We've got two aerial threats in the middle that, you know, we're not utilising properly. Um, I, I, I kind of get why he's using the inverted wingers because he likes his fullbacks to, to bomb on, doesn't he? So if we've got a winger that comes inside a bit, it allows the space for, for the overlap. But I just think sometimes in a game, especially towards the end of the Norwich game, where, you know, the changes that he made, he should have seen that, we needed to get the ball in the box to try and salvage the game before obviously Sargent scored in the last minute. But no, yeah, I'm excited to see what Ebby Way can do. Um, you know, he's come here with a high, a big reputation. Um, you know, a lot of championship clubs were after him. Uh, so he can't be a bad player, can he? Um, so let's see if, um, obviously, we, we see what he's capable of against Preston. I do think with the system, when at the start of the season, we saw Benjamin Tetty sort of play really well from the left wing. I think he was our highest, I think he got our most assists. I'm not sure now, but he had like three or four assists at the start of the season. Um, and I think with if you have Teddy out wide, he gets more space to sort of receive the ball and he's able to sort of win them knockdowns. I think out wide, we sort of struggle with that height. If we want to keep the ball long um, and 
you know, we've got sort of a keeper that can do that. We sort of find Teddy coming the knockdowns onto Oscar. I think it allows you to play a bit more direct sometimes. But I know we're seeing he's coming sort of play out from the back. But I would like to see Teddy out wide on the left, um, like he did early on, early on the season. I think he sort of bullies the fullback, and it, you know, like I say, it gives him more space to sort of cut inside. And yeah, I think it's I do I do like the inverted wingers, like I said, they gives you more space for the fullback. But you know, again, like if I wouldn't be obliged to see sort of two uh, wingers with the same, you know, like on, on the left, I'd be away then on the right longman. I think that'd be quite good. But yeah, we'll have to see what we're seeing it goes with. Yeah. Well, I think it probably would be a, a good opportunity for him to make his, his full debut, especially with um, Connolly out. And I think we probably missed him a little bit. Uh, Tete still, you know, he's coming back from injury or, or suspension. Um, you know, we've still not really seen the best of him, but perhaps uh, get the, you know, actual uh, winning, winger out on the wing, cross some balls to Tete and Oscar and, you know, score some goals that way because it seems so obvious when you think about it. They're, they're two great aerial strikers, but we never really seem to, to get the best out of them. So I uh, want to talk a little bit about, you know, the next game. But before that, what these two games just gone have meant for the season because we just beaten QPR and Cardiff and some people were saying that, uh, and including myself, that, a possibility was on to, to have a, a promotion push. Um, I think a, a nil-nil away at Stoke, um, maybe a little lucky to get away with the point, but an away point's always good. And then, um, you know, I think we, we played a team that is definitely going to have a playoff push and we were quite poor. So does that change the expectations? We're, we're down to 13th now. Um, it was always going to be very difficult. Uh, I know Will was saying, you know, playoffs is just a bit too far, but uh, it's a bit of a reality check, isn't it? And, I do think we'll struggle to get the top six, but I don't think we're out of it just because of um, one point from the last two. Mm-hmm. The, the the problem is, is that from like fifteenth onwards, they're all technically in the playoff chase. Just yeah. because even eighteenth, even eighteenth, I'd say eighteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, is we win a game and everyone's like, "Oh my god, we're going to finish in the playoffs," and we lose a game. It's like, right, that's it, season over. Well, just no, Nor- Nor- aside that have, that only just went above us on points um, with that win, so they're still in in our reachable um, aims uh, to try and overtake and the, 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 we Grasp. play a lot of the sides around us in the next five or six games you know we win against Preston outlook changes entirely again we're again within a few points of the top six and it, all it is is about picking up um, you know if you it's okay to lose a game every now and again just make sure that you bounce back with a win like Blackburn beginning of the season before they've just drawn four on the bounce we'll just win loss all the time they're in the top mm. six so, it, it, you know, it's okay losing games. You've just got to back it up with a win in it to see how you bounce back. And underneath uh, under Rosinia so far, we have been bouncing back. So I, I'm confident now in the Preston game. Like, this hasn't changed um, my optimism for getting something from Preston. I'm not saying going, you know, we yeah. played dreadful against Norwich. I think it's going to continue. I think Rosinia will have been very, very mad with the performance. The players will be <laughs> mad with themselves because they've set their own high standards. You can hear it when in their interviews. Um, and I think they'll they'll want to make things right back uh, and try and make it three wins in the bounce at home as well. So, um, you know, like I say, win again and, and, and we're right in the top 10 mix again, aren't we? So it's just getting those consistent runs together to try and get into the top six. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if that game sort of affected my judgment of Norwich, the way they played, but I, I do see that as Norwich a team that I will be in the playoffs at the end of the season if they carry on playing like they did. They sort of set the standard there like really high. Yeah. Um, the, the way they played, the Adam Eder, he's a great player. You know they've got sort of players in there that are really experienced at this level. They've been yeah. in the Premier League. So I think they could afford to bench Timu Puki. 
yeah, yeah. That's how so, good still so obviously when it comes to business end of the season they've had the experience before of sort of getting to sort of automatic promotion getting in the playoffs so I think that's where they'll have the sort of advantage over the teams whereas a team like us we don't really apart barring like Cesare Christie um, Figueredo yeah, we don't really have the sort of, yeah, we've got, obviously we've got quite a lot of players that have been there to be fair promotion wise so we have got that as well to be fair but um, it's just all about putting that consistent one together and you know the pressing on Saturday like Alan said there great opportunity there to bounce back and this, was, this, this is what we said even before these two games if we do lose one of them like we thought we'd lose Norwich um that how are we going to bounce back? And that's the sort of important thing um, against Preston. I think if we do bounce back and sort of get the three points, I think you, you've got to say that we're out. We are in the playoff hunt and we are now even so. Like even if we do on Saturday, we still are. But personally, I think that perhaps this, this season playoffs could be a step too far. But, you know, I think, you know, while we're still in it, then why why shouldn't we sort of sort of set our rims to get in there? So mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think it's really... Uh... If it was still on, you know, before um, Norwich, um, if it was on then, I think it still is. And if it wasn't, it still isn't. Um, I don't really think it's changed a whole, a whole lot. I wasn't 100% uh, expectant that we would get anything out of that game because Norwich were a good team with a, a fresh new manager that's, you know, improving what is a, a very good squad. And rightly, you said that at the start of the season, a lot of people thought they were going to be promotion candidates. Um, some positive news, though, is that Adama Traore not only is back from injury on the on the grass, but has actually played two games. And in his second game against Barnsley's, uh, I think, is it under-18s or under-21s, under uh, even scored a goal. So that's nice, isn't it? And got, got, got an assist in a, a lovely 3-0 win against Yorkshire rivals. I don't really know whether rivalry is a thing in under-21s football. I think uh, it is. Because, you know, they're all changing teams. Yeah, but um, that's nice, isn't it? And hopefully we can probably see him playing for the first team. I imagine that maybe even the... By by April, maybe not a bit earlier? Maybe. Possibly. I think. On 21's football, it's very different. Good few games to get Maybe three or four. The minutes he's playing, aren't they? So he played 45 minutes in his first game, then he played 60. In, in against Barnsley, so they'll increase oh, it to probably seventy five yeah. and then ninety, and then once he's once he's played a couple of ninety minutes for the for the youth, then yeah. he's probably ready to be put back into the first team. I mean, since put back, he hasn't played yet, has he? But um, I'm excited to see what he can do because you know he's he's got Champions League experience. He once cost Monaco fifteen million quid, so yeah. he's obviously got something about him. Um, yeah. And it could be that little bit of dif- unexpected difference that you know when sides are doing the research on us in the in the run to the end of the season, he could be our wild card because even we yeah. don't know what he can do. So how That's can true. they yeah. try and match up against him? Because <laughs> they don't have a clue either. I do think with sort of some of our players that we've got quite a few on midfielders quite similar attributes wise. Whereas Triori could be someone that could maybe unlock a defence out. Like I've not seen a lot of him, but maybe he could be sort of someone that can sort of grab the game by the scruff of the neck in there, sort of. Produce that he's, moment of brilliance to win yeah, a match. He's or apparently something, a number ten, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. meant to be an unlock the defence, got an eye for a range goal kind of player. So. We've seen obviously Dimitri Pelkas, he was meant to come in as that sort of player, but he's not really reached them heights yet. And you know, he's still mm-hmm. got time to do that. But you know, with Triore as well, perhaps coming in. Um, yeah, but what one player I want to sort of pick out of as someone that played very very poor against Norwich was Ryan Woods. 
I think yeah. he was at four for two of the goals. Um, I, I heard you say Ryan, and I got very nervous. Uh, <laughs> right, so Ryan Woods, I think, would have won the goals. He was at massive fault for... There was a play on the edge of the box, and he just sort of stood there, sort of in no man's land, not attempting to block across, not attempting to chase down the man, sort of stood there in the box. And Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's got to cost us two goals, but, you know, the full team played poor. But I think when you set up with Woods and Seri midfield, you're going to struggle to sort of... Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it was a bit of a struggle, to be fair. But... The, the, mm-hmm. the, the problem is with Woodsy is that he's not that kind of player, is he? So, like... We've, like you say, you put him alongside Surrey and they're both very similar. They want to be ball-playing midfield. Yeah, both technical, aren't they, really? But... Yeah. So, you know, Woods wasn't signed to be the kind of player, like the rich, Richie Smallwood kind of player. It's, I, I think I think he got his team selection wrong, Rosie, and I think that's the first time I can say that with confidence. I think yeah, yeah. he did say he wanted to put some fresh legs in the side, but I think he just allowed us to get overrun in the middle. I mean, at times when... I think I pointed out on on the eye follow. There was times when Norwich's defense had a ball, had the ball, and they had five attackers literally lined up against our back four, and it's just like we we can't we can't live with them. Like they play one long ball up top, and they had ample options to try and win the ball back, and then it led to them winning every second ball because our midfield wasn't, you know. Yeah, I, I think in that game, I think we're not in that game. We neither sat back, sort of sort of pressure counter attacks, or pressed them. I think it was in between and that's what cost us because you usually see Oscar pressing from the front and sort of putting the opposition under the under under pressure. You see Teddy doing it as well. You see Longman doing it. But in that game, I think with the way we set up with the four four two, it sort of stops us from pressing. And I think in order to do that, you sort of do need to play like a, an extra man in the field that's mm-hmm. sort, sort of help with the pressing and sort of uh, if you play three across the front, they can press as well. But yeah. I think that, that's a learning curve and you know, I like I put I put a tweet out after the game saying that, um, and obviously we're seeing he's coming in a scrutiny for the, the team selection, but he's also sort of won his games of his team selection and the substitutions he's made. So I think, you know, as a young manager, he's going to make mistakes, and um, I think on Saturday he'll, he'll get it right. I mean, it's easy to sit here and say obviously he got his team selection wrong, like I just did, but when you look at it in hindsight, like if you're planning as a gaffer, you know, you got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Would you rather have played maybe a weakened side against Norwich where you didn't really expect to get anything anyway and then play a stronger side against Preston? Yeah, could get absolutely. Three points. You know, realistically, I think that's why he's, he's rested a few of our players. I think that he did that, he did that on purpose. I think you could see like a two fan coming back yeah. into the team. Four changes, we played, we played for a point, didn't we? But they just overwhelmed us. That was it. I think yeah. I think the, the one of the biggest problems we had in that game um, was Oscar and Tete just could not hold the ball up. In those kind of games yes. where you've got to have an outlet to get out of your half, where they were pressed us so high that our short passing game was nullified, you've got to go long. And when you go long, you've got to make sure you retain the ball um, or else it's just going to keep coming straight back at you. And I think both 
Oscar and Tete had really poor games in terms of holding the ball up and bringing other players into the game. I think even Rosie said it himself in the interview after the game. He said the, the, we didn't have enough from the front men um, to give us that outlet to get out. Uh, and, yeah, and that, that was our problem. game. That's how, how that's always meant to counterattack. Was meant to receive the ball, and then you'd have the runners like Longman and Slater out wide, um, caught. You know, and, and unfortunately, because we didn't get the ball enough to the front men, we didn't see enough around wingers to create them chances. Um, but that's that's you know, it's a learning curve, and I think. Um, from what we've seen from Oscar this season, you know that's one of his strong parts of his game. He's just had a poor game, you know, holding up the ball is usually good at, but yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just a few more things to point out. Um, Enship there says uh, Ryan Woods has the weirdest running style I've ever seen. But now it that I like think Belmer. about it, I don't even think I've ever seen Ryan Woods uh, run. So, um, you know, I, I don't know whether <laughs> I mean, that is a, a weird I, I, running I, I, style. I was, I was weirded out by. I don't think Ryan Woods likes Norwich very much. Did you see his reaction after the first goal? Yes. Well, he, he, he used to play for Ipswich. Did it? So that'd uh, be why. That might be why. Yeah, I mean, he, he, again, ran, he ran shushing all the fans behind their goal. Didn't I, he? Thought, then, I yeah. thought if he's if he didn't like a team, surely he'd put a lot, a lot of effort and just didn't see enough from him. Mm. Like tracking back, at you, if you play Dockett in there instead, you know he's going to get 110%. Ryan Woods there, he, he, just didn't, he didn't have enough tenacity about him to win the ball, didn't press enough. Yeah, that that was one part of the field where we sort of it cost us really, but you know we rotated the team and sort of played the price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not too you know uh, fond of making a scapegoat of a certain player, but rather that that Ryan than the the other Ryan to make a scapegoat for that hmm. for that uh, performance. And uh, another thing uh, which was a positive, which I pointed out before we conceded three at Norwich, was that uh, since the World Cup we had the joint. Uh, second best defence with only Burnley having conceded fewer and I think even though we've conceded three especially with lots of other teams uh, playing on Tuesday and Wednesday I'm still sure we're probably third or fourth yeah, we've only conceded eight that's a great, great well, tenor on that that's, yeah eight in eight, what? Yeah. but that's eight in uh, 11 that. games since the World Cup though I think so that's still an incredible record and of course three clean sheets before a, a very good Norwich team uh, so one big story that has broken uh, just yesterday, I think it was, or was it even earlier today, um, this plan to potentially move Whole Fair um, because there's going to be a 25 million uh, redevelopment of uh, Walton Street and the car again. park to create a um, sort of well, a new training ground or, or football village, do they call it? I, I haven't actually looked at the interview. Yeah. Here is the absolutely massive stonking comment from Will about it. I'm not going to read it all out. Um, but as it doesn't even, uh, you know, we can't even fit it on the screen. It's so big. He <laughs> thinks it's the. It, uh, Will says it's stupid of the council to not want to develop an area of the city. Blah blah blah. Lots more. So, uh, Anton Tom, uh, having not read it myself, w- what's all this? You've, yeah, but it's been some. It's some that the alarms mentioned want it, um, and, and it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was um, something that the Alams spoke about uh, when they were in charge, um, but it not really came out. I think the council told them no, didn't they? I think they wanted yeah, the council to pay for everything. That's the reason they? why the Alams had plans to sort of sort of renovate the outside of the, the ground, like Ajahn has talked about now, sort of build hotels and stuff like that. And that was one of the reasons why the Alams got the umph and started sort of taking out on the fans, really, with, with his decisions with the club, really, <laughs> the membership scheme and stuff like that. But, yeah. I'll log in and end the stream, read it all. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's... 
I think what the basic gist without having to read Will's comment, I imagine, will be similar to the vast majority of City fans' reactions to it is what Hull Fair is 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 a week every year, and yes, it is a long-standing city, the city yeah. since like the twelve hundreds or something like that. But the main point is, it's a travelling fair; it's not a fixed fair. Now there is ample space. City it would be more suited to being on the outskirts of the city. Let's be honest for traffic flow, parking, and accessibility. Um, I think St Andrew's Key would be a good place to put the the fair. Um, you know, it's it's not going to end Hull Fair by moving it. That's the point. People seem to think that if we do this development, that we lose the fair entirely, and that's that's not no. a thing. The council just can't be bothered to to relocate it, um, which makes no sense considering that if if this happens, it benefits the yeah. football club and the city as a whole throughout the year. Um, in, instead of sacrificing it for something that you know, the vast majority of the money from Hull Fair in all honesty, goes to the people who run Hull Fair. I'll do it, I'll do it. Go on, Will. Uh, Will, do you want to say your piece? (laughs) Or or not? I can read out your comment Uh, if you want. Council is stupid. Is that 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 that? (laughs) We were hoping for something a bit more than that, Will. He's just joined us to to talk about it. Um, You say that... uh, the uh, Walton Street's no longer fit for purpose. Uh, elaborate on that. Well, yeah, it's it's too small. Okay. <laughs> I, I was really expecting more vitriol. Well, well you got to amp it up a bit. There was. I don't want to there swear. was a crowding issue last year, wasn't there? There was. There was a mass. I think they had like was it hundred thousand people on the first day of it opening, um, and there was safety concerns for everybody involved. Yeah. So obviously it is. It's, if it's got to a point where the 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 demand for fare has increased, then that's actually more um, supporting it being moved so that it can Absolutely. actually accommodate more people in a safer way that's easier to police yeah. and easier to get yeah. to. Because if you think about traffic flow around Hull Fair time, it's an absolute nightmare. Oh, it's awful. I think um, like when you're a travelling fan coming into the city as well now, you'll see Walton Street, you'll see the surrounding areas, you think, let's be honest, I think Hull's a shit so. It doesn't really paint a good yeah. picture, but say if you built a sports village and something more attractive around around the stadium, I think that sort of gives fans more, you know, more purpose, more things to do. You give sort of the players more better, better facilities and stuff like that. You know, have sort of a training ground next to the stadium, which make more sense and have it in Cot- in Cottingham. I think it, it only benefits the city even more. Whereas having the fair there, it's just yeah, like you say, one week a year, it's not fit for purpose. I think you, it's better best off moving it, but. Yeah, that's, that's and you've got you've got you've got to look at like the reasoning behind him wanting to do it as well. So he wants, I think it like I think it just suddenly comment then about the stadium, the twelve thousand seat stadium thing. So he wants like he wants he wants to get the club from youth levels all the way up to the first team involved in and around the surrounding stadium. Yeah. So he wants it, it Man City essentially. Yeah, he's, get, he's getting he's getting them actually involved into the blood of the city again, and 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 having them train in the shadow of the stadium. You know, these young sixteen-year-old lads in the academy get to look up at the it's MKM good. and think, well, "That's where I want to play one day." You've got you've got a potential stadium for if they wanted, say, for example, if 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 Hull City ladies ever joined in the future, they could play there. You've got um, FC if they wanted to relocate to something yeah, that was, you right, know, right now Hull, their size. Hull, City, Hull City ladies have to play like uh, across the Umber Bridge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not affiliated with the club yet, so that would obviously be something that would have to be resolved in the future. But that, that's just an example for like, 
realistically, like you could have the youth squad play in that stadium. That's 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 what he's aiming at. So he wants them to be in the shadow of the MKM Stadium. So what from you know the very youngest levels up to the first team, they are living, breathing Hull City. They're in that area. They're in that. And let's be honest, if you do that walkway from uh, Clarendon Street um, up to the stadium, and just all the overgrown grass, and there's just absolutely nothing there. Waste. Why not? allow the, the club to do something with that why why is that allowed to just remain yeah. an eyesore for the sake of a whole fair that happens seven days a year i mean the, the other half of west park looks looks fairly nice okay but the other half of it you know from the from the east uh it's southeast yeah, it's, it's awful the, yeah. it's just so derelict it's, yeah yeah i mean it's massive could you, so, you could put anything there in the grand scheme of things it improves the area it makes it look better mm. It improves the the quality, like uh, the experience of the younger players coming up into the fair side, and I mean, it sounds no, like I'm, the amount of money you'd make as well. Like, say, if like fans come in and they sort of you build a hotel there, you've got a hotel right next to the ground, not like, literally a 10, 15 minute walk from town. I know there's already already hotels in town, but I think people want to, you know, it's, there's always extra room. I think for people to stay there, it's like only benefits like the city, like if you yeah. you know put this plan into action. You're just creating facilities that help. Improve in more ways rather than a fair that just does sod all for the really. Well, the, the thing is about going yeah. to that comment, the thing is about all fair is the majority of the money goes to the people who are in the fair anyway. You're paying, yeah, them. it's not really a whole thing, that is it? It's just hosted here. People, mm. Someone could come from Leeds, I know they'll they'll pay the council, I assume, for to be well, there to, to get but, money from them being there yeah yeah but then you, you you think for example the vast majority of people who go to all fair will be traveling from all over the country all over yorkshire yeah. wherever they will they could literally come for the day pay three five pound parking for the full day pay pay all the uh the, the stall runners or the ride runners um, and then go home and they've actually not put a single penny into the city of all yeah barring the parking which i don't know where that would go depends where you park i assume I never thought we'd talk about parking on this podcast, but uh, (laughs) that's what it's come to. Um, Here's a stupid question I've just come up with, and I think the answer is fairly obvious to be to be fair because of the long term impact. But uh, if you were Ajin and you had those twenty five million pounds, of course it it wouldn't really work now. But um, that's what we sold Bowen for. So would you rather have this or or Jared Bowen for another season? Uh, This, but but the youth academy (laughs) creates more Jared Bowens. Exactly. Yeah. Very good point, Ant. You were you were right. It was a silly question. Well, I, guess, uh, I, I, well, I was right to say that then, wasn't I? More, more Keen Lewis Potters, more Jacob Greaves's, more Brandon Flemings. This is the the, the yeah. only the only good thing the Alams left us was the better youth academy, and it would be silly not to take advantage of that and have yeah. like he wants all involved with the the first team in the stadium and and, and training in the shadow. The main the sticking MPM. point is the fact that the Alams tried to do this like over ten years ago, and I didn't different get anywhere is, with difference is they want to do it for free, essentially. Yeah, they wanted the council to pay. Yeah, they wanted the council to pay for it and give them the stadium, whereas that yeah, doesn't want to do that. He wants to buy the stadium and develop the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's certainly That's... an interesting thing, and uh, I'm sure it's not the last time we're going to be discussing this, but I it think it's about... the, prob- the problem is, I don't think it'll happen. Mm. Too stubborn, Cause... the council. Yes. Too stubborn. And not even yeah, that, is they do it to a, they put it to a public thing. I can imagine a lot of people in the public will say... They like to take the credit for everything, don't they? It's tradition... We can't have, yeah. even though it's been at the, apparently the Hull Fair's been in Hull for like, what is it now, 800 years nearly. Yeah. And it's only been at Walton Street, only been at Walton Street for about 
150 100. of those 800. Yeah. Um, it's a travelling fair. That's the main point. It is. You can it's not even just a whole fair. Yeah. Like, but it's 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 one of these, and it's going to be a slow burner, I think. The, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a rival, isn't it? Yeah. From what I've seen, Tan's there. <laughs> Is it's weird that the council would be opposed to it because it's a council-owned stadium on council-owned ground, and there is plans. The plans that they're talking from, that the Alams even took from, were made with the stadium. So these have all been there, intended to potentially yeah. be used in the future since its creation by the council. So Not if they change never intended to do it, then 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 why did they drop the plans in the first place? Just move the fair to I, St Andrew's. I do think K, that if, if I, land... for it, I can't see them. Them really having anything to say against it. If you if Agents turn around to council saying I'm going to spend 25 million quid and do this, how can they say no? Oh yeah, but what about the fair? Well, move it then. Move it over there. Then you get 25 million pound redevelopment, and it looks better and is better. And the fair is still in Hull, just somewhere better that accommodates more people in an easier way. Very mm-hmm. frustrating. But I think yeah. Tante is going to lobby, obviously, the local. Um, people want it. I think the intention is for the club to ask yeah, the people well, what they want, and then I think it's all sitting against everyone else. The council can't really say out, can they? You'll get the sixty percent that uh, that I like the whole fair. I go every year. All this politics. Well, I'm not really a fan of whole fair. I've not gone for years. So if they moved the whole fair to the middle of the Humber, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I thought I that would get a, a better reaction. It brings thousands of people into the city every year. It's just, it doesn't Loud. matter where it is. It can be anywhere. It's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not for purpose anymore. Mm. It's, it's such an eyesore. 20... It looks good, but it isn't good. Yeah. Well, that was a very good, lively debate, and I'm sure we're going to have another one because it's the best time of the podcast. It's oh, Nathaniel's sure. combined sure. lineup of oh, the week. Bobby Brady. Um, and uh, yeah, Robbie Brady, of former Hull City fame. So uh, yeah, so the formation is because uh, Preston play with a back three, and I think that our centre backs have been very good recently. So I wanted to include a Preston centre back and two of ours. So that's why it's Ingram and Goal, Strawry, McLaughlin, and Jones in a back three. Robbie Brady, Ben Whiteman, Surrey, Brad Potts, Cyrus Christie. It Tell looks like he's a right winger, but he's a right wing back. Slater behind Oscar Estepinian. Uh, another well. controversial one. Uh, yes, he would be. But you see, you know, Brady and Christie can bomb on. So uh, it, Brady it could be in the for formation. Years ago. Hmm. It was. Well, exactly. So that works quite well. Um, I don't think this one's so bad. I say that every time. I'd probably um, I mean, this is, this is one of your better efforts, I will say, Nathaniel. Thank you, Will. That is very kind. Yeah. Lee Walker says, too many dinosaurs on the council. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Walker. Jurassic Not Park. Wrong. Jurassic Park, exactly. Um, so, I don't think this one's so controversial. Um, no, the most controversial thing was working out what colours I should put on the team. I've gone for amber at the top, white below, even though that implies pressing playing white shorts, but they don't. But they don't have the sort of dark blue uh, on the app, so I, I couldn't put that in. Yeah, it's, it's not possible uh, as well to like sort of do a black and amber for City player and then white for Preston, is it? No, and if I could, that would be too much effort. I think you're overthinking no, the public side. But Daniel, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so <laughs> Preston, Preston are one of the 
Owen suspended, but I, I've I've changed my mind. Greaves isn't in there because he won't play potentially, although he will because he played against Norwich. Again, now that I think about it, it probably is is quite a bad one. But uh, it's thirteen I mean, against fourteen. I would argue before we go into that, um, we will bring Greaves back in and we concede three goals. But he scored. Ooh, he did score, but he did concede three. So you know you you can't yeah, sacrifice the solidity himself. at the back. I don't actually think any of them were his. Well, but by that logic, he scored. Him, but, yeah. He scored. We'll put him up front then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably done better than the defense. That game, to be possible. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Greaves, four goals and 14 since his first goal for Hull against Scorer. On fire. On He's fire. Nice. I mean, imagine how much money you'd, you'd have won if you'd put like a fiver on like each game. Mm. Like you'd, since you'd then. Oh, I've made Absolutely. money from him this season already, so I'm happy. And I, well, I don't well surely the odds like would you decrease. Now. Yeah. I suppose so, because he's, he's, of course, not scored for I don't us. Think but, he's uh, not scored for us, has he? Yeah. Another big game at the MKM uh, with uh, no development um, so far outside the stadium. Uh, Preston are one of the best away teams in the league. I think they're fourth or fifth in the away table, yeah, which I was very worried about. Barely uh, but and we have a very similar record to them. They've uh, conceded uh, and scored 10 fewer than us. But other than that, we have the same points and the same goal difference. Um, we're at home, so maybe that will just give us an advantage. But on paper, it looks like a very tight game. So, um, Will, I'll go to you first. What changes should Vecinia make, um, at least to the system or maybe the lineup? And how do you think the game will go? Um, go back to the team that played against QPR. Mm-hmm. But I Barry, wouldn't complain about Connelly, that. Because he's injured still. So well, who would come in for Connolly? Uh, Greaves up Petit. front. Greaves yeah. up front. Okay, so I'll disregard yes. that. What about you, Greaves Tom? Had a few. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think we've got to go back to the same team against. Obviously, I'm so I'm so sad that Connolly's injured because he's came coming. So to who comes in for Connolly? Who comes in for Connolly? Uh, Big Greaves. Sort of Greaves. Four two three one. Four Who comes in for who can, Answer. Who comes in for, for who? For Greaves. Greaves. Uh, Connolly. <laughs> I, I think uh, Tufan. Get Tufan in behind the striker. Go on, get back in. No, that... It, that Nathaniel is so desperate no, for you to stay certain, Mr that, Longman. St- that doesn't work because Tufan would come in anyway if it was the same team we did against QPR because he started. So who comes in for Connolly? <laughs> Adama Traore. Uh, He's injured. <laughs> You can have Longman, you can have Callum Jones, Pelcast, you can have Tete, you can have Ebue, you can have Woods. You, you want. You put, no, put Malcolm, it? but move to two or five plays, sort of, centrally. Okay, that's acceptable. <laughs> what about you, Ant? Um, Connolly's injured, remember? Connolly is injured. I, I, I would. I, I want to see us play with some natural width. I think we've missed it for a long time. So, so play Longman. Like, Don't say Longman. Don't say Longman. No, 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 no. I'm going. I want us to play Ebue and Pelcast on the wings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, right. so who are you dropping? Who are you dropping for those two? Um, I'd have to drop Slater. Connolly and Slater. Slater and okay. Tufan. I don't know because I think Tufan needs to be on. 
Yeah, I'd drop Slater and Tufan just to see what Ebioe can do. Bring Tufan onto the game changer. I, I just think I need you need Doc back in alongside Seri or Slater alongside Seri. Yeah, one, I think Docky. We miss Docky so much, Norwich. But... I think we need to go with two strikers for being at home. Um, so I'd have Big Ben and, and Oscar up top. Then I'd have Pelkus, um, Doc, Seri, and uh, Ebioe as the wingers. And then uh, do you know what? I'd bring Elder back in. I'd bring Elder back in and I'd have then the usual I think team. the problem with sort of Teddy and sort of Oscar playing, I, I don't think one of them sort of like comfortable with sort of dropping a bit deep like Connolly was doing. Uh, when yeah, we do we do miss Oscar. we are really missing yeah. Connolly. I think it, it was very evident against he's, he's the uh, Lincoln player, really. Yeah, or Richie was he's just so busy and he's everywhere that he's always an option, isn't he? Um, uh, I'd love to say uh, just from the few games he played, I'd love, I'd love for us to sort of go for him in summer. I think we need we should be doing everything we can to sort of bring him bring him to the club. Well, especially with the relationship he's sort of uh, got with Rossini as well, I think he's is that sort of golden player that Rossini. We'll give him Longman back. <laughs> yeah. So well, what's your team, I mean, Nathaniel? Well, my team, I've had a fair bit of time to think about it. So I would go back to the same lineup you had against Stoke and Cardiff and, and the other team, QPR, because we won those games and Drew and Stoke. So of course, Connolly comes out because he's injured. And um, I think what I would do is bring uh, Ebuwe in, because I said that would be a good idea. And then I guess you'd have him on the wing, have Slater on the other wing, and then Tufan can play as that very attacking sort of Connolly, Tete, almost a striker sort of thing. Well, 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 you know, (laughs) Longman Longman won, helped us win coming off the bench. So um, I think I'm excited to see what... What this uh, new guy Malcolm brings, so I think so that's you're, reasonable. You're wired. Uh, well, it sort of worked against uh, you know those teams. Um, I don't want to make. I, I wouldn't want to make too yeah. many changes because um, I think we made four changes against Norwich and it, it, it did affect us. And I think we probably did miss Doherty. And um, I mean, I mean maybe you'd though, keep Greaves last, out wide. The last two games, we've not really offered much attacking threat at all. I think barring. Yeah. The goal at Norwich, Connolly's chance oh, against Stoke, got the winner, probably the only chances we had in both games. So something mm-hmm. attacking-wise, to me, needs to change at the minute. And that's just based yeah. on the last two games. Obviously, it worked before then. But if teams are wising up against us now and playing the system that nullifies it, you've got to find another way, haven't you? Which is why I've yeah. changed the wingers. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think when you've got this many attacking options as well, as soon as you have one bad game, straight away, because we've got that many options, we're thinking, oh, who can we bring in to replace him? And... Whereas if we did, like last season, we didn't have the option to sort of drop a Tom Eves, you know, for someone else. We, we sort of had to play him and, you know, mm. you know, as, as you know, it's like, but now we've actually got the options. It's, it's sort of a good good headache to have, like we've said in the past. Like, But I guess Rossini's, uh, hopefully Rossini gets it right on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I think there are a lot of issues to have with the uh, the lineups and uh, I think it could be a, a whole combination of, of various changes, especially with the um, attacking uh, you know, side of things needing to improve. So, um, Will, I'll go to you first. What's your, your prediction for the whole Preston game? Um, 3-0 Hull City. Cool. I'm just going to continue saying 3-0 for the rest of the season. 3-0. Um, yeah. It's going to be nil nil last ten minutes, and then my boy, my boy Ryan Longman, look at him there. He's going to we'll get subbed off, and then someone else will score. Do you know what? I'm going to defend Longman. We've not I'm seen. Longman. We've not seen 
the the I best think. side of Longman because I I think he's so much better on the right, and we always play yeah. on the left. I think we never play him on the right. He's better. He's better at wing back. Yeah, yeah, this is a very nice comment from Enchep Longman instead of Oscar. Oscar's not scored for a while, you know, dropping. Why not? Uh, Longman, scored. Longman scored when he was up front against uh, Rotherham and Blackpool. One of those goals basically went in off his bum, but we'll take it. Ant, what's your prediction? Uh, Preston don't tend to concede many. We don't tend to score that many, so I'm going to go with a... Yeah, I think we'll win that... One nil, one nil to us. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to be a bear of bad news here. One one. Well, it wouldn't be awful. Wouldn't be awful. That would be the you know most average thing that could happen, and we are thirteenth, pressing fourteenth. That's pretty much as average as you can get. Very be a fair result. (laughs) Well, I think I'll go one nil. I agree. It'll be a tight game. We don't score many. Preston are very good defensively, and it will be tight. We've had very similar seasons. We have the exact same record, um, you know, in points and goal difference. And uh, Preston aren't in great form, but uh, they're a solid team. They'll be difficult to break down. It'll be like the Cardiff game. game. Whoever, whoever scores so, first wins. Yeah. So yeah, I I think yeah. It might just be the one goal too, so I'll go 1-0 as think, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After the sort of, yeah. of recent games, I think, if we do concede first, that, that, that'll be a big test of the players' sort of character. If we, yeah. you know, if we can come back. We've seen it under Rossini that we have to have the cowards sort of tear the game around, but after sort of losing against Norwich, we'll see what the players are made of, I guess. Absolutely. Well, um, two of us. In mind, I think it's going to be a 4 0 actually. 4 0. Well, I'd like that very much, especially if Longman did finally get a goal. And of course, um, the the step that I'm uh, you know ready to 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 use when Longman scores uh, for Rossini is that he will be the first or the only whole player to have scored under McCann. Shotter, Dawson, and Rossinia. But I mean, unless you count own goal um, when he has already done it, um, or an offside goal, but uh, those don't really count. So I am still waiting to to launch onto Twitter and, and say proclaim that as something that's actually <laughs> that impressive. Got about seven save drafts ready for Longman scoring. Absolutely. I don't. I don't actually. I, I generally don't. I, I forget drafts are a thing. I, I don't really. No, he's going to save an aware document as, instead. As, especially yeah. as. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, well, I use Google Docs, um, although of course other typing app things are available uh, for your use. So uh, another fantastic uh, podcast with lots of fierce debate, as we like. So I hope all of you have enjoyed, and thank you very much for liking and commenting. And um, oh, one last thing. Um, I think it's absolutely terrific what the uh, club and a lot of the fans have done helping with uh, Turkey. And of course, Ajin um, had a big, uh, I think was it just the other day, had a big broadcast and apparently uh, yeah. $6 billion or something ridiculous like that really? has been raised for Turkey. Um, an absolutely crazy and, and brilliant amount. And so very well done to him and everyone who's donated. I think the figure was we're getting closer to 10,000 the last time yeah, I looked. So I think that's that's wonderful and, and a, a nice a positive thing that the, the club has done for the Turkish community. And of course, all those flags at Stoke. And um, I'm sure there'll be a huge amount more um, with our first home game since the, the earthquake hit. So um, that's a positive thing. And then, yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed. Thanks again for listening and commenting and joining me, Tom, Ant and Will. 
So we'll be back next week, hopefully with uh, Hull getting back to winning ways against Preston. And until then, have a lovely week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.